Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you own a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Get in touch with Evan Orvath or contact one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out and use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. We would also like to thank Any Racing News and the Graphics Group for their support and, of course, the pals over on Patreon. We cannot thank you guys enough. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. You guys are really what keeps this ship afloat. Head on over to patreon.com slash blackflagpodcast to become a pal today. For just $4.69 a month, you get some monthly giveaways, some merchandise discounts, and of course, some exclusive content. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good uh. all right boys and girls this is episode 151 of the black flag podcast as always i am charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii to my right is bradley saucier at b sauce 96 and on the other side of the zoom call for the first half of the show is going to be bt3 bobby timmons at bobby timmons 13 except on snapchat that is still grumpy cat 48 so uh boys not a not a big racing weekend really uh, we put our football picks out there. Um, ironically, I had the best record of the three of us. Just gonna throw that out there. Uh, what, what foosball we watched. That was fucking incredible. I would say that out of the three of us, the amount of football, like the amount of football that was watched between the three of us, I would say Bobby watches the most probably, or at least pays attention the most. I would say I'm second and Charlie's third to the fact, like to the point that, Charlie on Friday was like, who's playing when I asked for his picks. I just said NFL.com. I was I I didn't mean that to be snarky because I was expect I, I didn't know if we were going off of the, the line because like I was going to take the Bills plus three thinking they were going to win regardless. But um, naturally, they lose by fucking five or whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, real solid picks by all of us uh, going into <laughs> going into Sunday. I thought for sure I was going to be the one that was Owen for. <laughs> But, um, Bob, thank you for taking that crown. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'd like to think I'm fairly knowledgeable with football. Um, I listen to a lot of sports um, football shows. I have, I'm in a pick'em pool, and those for the, for sure were the same damn picks I used in my pick'em pool, so I can kiss that $40 away because I didn't win a single fucking game this weekend. <laughs> to be fair, every game ended on the last play of the game in we watched the first three games. I'll admit Saturday's games. I didn't really watch. Um, boys, I get fucking drunk at the smack bank with Saturday night. Whew. Anyways, didn't really watch much of Saturday's watch the highlights in the morning. I was like, damn, those are good games. Watched the first game on Sunday with the Buccaneers and the Rams 27 to three Rams are just molly whopping the bucks. And I'm like, eh, I've seen this. I've seen this performance before. And Tom Brady storms back. Everybody's seen that before, though. How many yeah. fucking times? And I'm, I'm watching Facebook, and everybody's already counting out Brady and the Bucks, and they all fuck. Including me. Suck. Yeah, they all fucking suck. Fuck that. Blah, blah, blah. He's washed up. This, that, the other thing. 
and I don't, I don't get involved in that type of shit really on Facebook, but I'm just like, just, just watch, just watch. Cause like we've seen, we've seen this fucking song and dance so many times before the fucking guy pulls through every time. And then, you know, obviously gets kicked in the dick in the last play of the game. But I mean, that that's the foosball. I guess this, this more or less wasn't Tom Brady doing Tom Brady magical things. Like obviously it helped, but the Rams just were folding up like an inflated eight, like just continuously stepping on their own nuts as our guest later on will would like to say. Um, but I just three fantastic games. It's like, well, how is the bills and the chiefs game gonna, top all that and my god that might have been the best football game i have ever watched in my entire life what a fucking contest amongst men i, I think that was the consensus uh, among everyone uh at least on the social media is that that bill's chiefs game was phenomenal i for sure was fucking pissed because <laughs> going into the weekend if i had to rank who i want to win the super bowl like from like most want to the least like that I want to win bills. Uh, who else got a limit? I guess bills. I like the Rams, but I wanted the Packers to win more than them, I guess. So probably the bills, Ram, uh, bills, Packers, Rams, like Titans, fuck. And then everyone else like Bengals. just, I don't like any of the teams that went on except for the Rams. And I don't feel that confident again uh, with the Rams. Like I, I watched the first, the first games on Saturday and like, Jimmy G played like absolute dog shit. Like playoff Jimmy sucks, dude. He <laughs> like there he was missing everyone in their left uncle that was wide open in the middle of the field. I'm like, this is great. Like this is phenomenal. I love watching this because there's no way that Aaron Rodgers is going to lose this game because they went they marched down the field so fast with ease the first drive, and you know just obviously they end up choking it away. And I just could not. I could not have been colder in my football game. Like I just fucking hate football. And I think that like that's. That the problem with the the betting on the games is that I, I, it was a not only did the Bills who like if I'm not a Steelers fan I'm a Bills fan the Steelers haven't been good in fucking forever so like watching that game not only did I lose the team that I wanted to win the Super Bowl like the team I was cheering for for the rest of the year but I also lost a hundred dollars so I was equally like even more pissed off when I should have been excited that it was the best football game I've ever watched in my entire life. Green Bay certainly put the special in special teams. And with our upcoming trip this weekend going to Atlantic City, I had reached out to Brad and I said, I think I want to dabble in some sports betting while we're in Atlantic City. And after this ice cold fucking run that I went on, I will not be betting on anything football related while we're in Atlantic City this weekend. I got to New Hampshire Friday night and could not have hit more hockey bets. I hit bet after bet after bet after bet. And I woke up Saturday and I'm like, perfect. More to bet on the fucking Saturday slate of football. I was like, there's absolutely no way the Packers lose. And like the, the Bengals game, I was like, eh. I'm, I, I'm like, I, the Titans are really good. They're just getting everyone back. But like, phew, they look like dog shit too. But I, I was, I could not have been more Packers are going to win. And just put like $75 on the Packers, spread like a little bit more money on the Bengals game. Like I I, I had the Titans to win, um, had like a bunch of first touchdown picks and shit like that. Lost literally everything. <laughs> and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, ah, I feel confident in the Bills. I feel confident in the Rams. Went, put money on the Rams and the Bills. Didn't even come close to breaking even on the weekend, but at least we got that Rams win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tough, uh, tough look for us. I guess it's a good thing we were uh, stick to racing and drink a beer, and we're not a football podcast. Well, that's true. 
but then there's me who, uh, it, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm a casual football fan. I know enough to get myself in trouble. I've always liked the Pats, obviously, but uh, as a little kid, I always loved the Bengals because, and that sounds convenient now, obviously, but I always loved the Bengals mainly because I, again, convenient. I thought their helmets were sick. That's pretty much it. Like if I well, ever, you had a Cincinnati Bengals go kart in I think two thousand and two. <laughs> yeah, it was like three or something. But yeah, um, yeah, I had I had literally a, a tiger go kart shit like that. But um, you know, if I ever had a football video game, I was always the Bengals. Like that's just what it was. And then you know, obviously. Uh, going to school in Ohio, get a little bit more uh, acquainted with that that uh, you know market or whatever, and it, it's I've always had a soft spot for him, so that was cool to see. And I just pulled those picks out of my ass. I don't, I don't. It is what it is. But uh, well, congratulations, you know I'll, more about football than we do. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to hockey and racing too. And now you're a big Cody Connor guy. No, oh. no, oh. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, the problem is that I fucking hate the Bengals. But I love Joe Burrow and Jamar- coolest dude in football, coolest dude in the world, maybe between Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. I don't know who's the best wide receiver in the game, but it's one of those two because they are unbelievable to watch. Mm-hmm. 100% Cooper Cup absolutely torched. I don't know how the Buccaneers allow that to happen. Like the game is on the line and you're going to send a safety one on one with Cooper Cup. He wasn't even supposed to be part of the play. He was just a decoy run. Just run as far as you can to get. And then it's like, oh, shit, he's open. Yeah. <laughs> And they've always said you can take Matt Stafford out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of Matt Stafford. He fucking nailed that one, fucking dropped a dime in the bucket. And then I think if he'd have thrown it three or four yards further, Cooper probably scores there. Probably doesn't even get get uh, hawked like he did. But, um, yeah, no, like I said, uh, unbelievable football games. I don't really think we have anything else to add. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, did, I did go to a racetrack this weekend, but I will just get my grinds, my gears out of the way because it is football related before we before we get into it. Um, my grinds, my gears is for sure watching that bills game. Right. So it looks like the chiefs are going to win. Josh Allen hits that pass the fourth and fucking 15 and seven, whatever it was. It was a touchdown to take the lead. I'm like, Oh my God, the bills are going to win. Then the chiefs come back and the bills come back and there's 13 seconds left on the clock. And I am, I am very stupid when it comes to most things in sports. Like I feel like fairly knowledgeable about hockey, everything else I could definitely get myself in trouble in. I'm stand like I don't and I don't get passionate about like much sports. I'm standing up in the middle of Ty Johnson's living room, screaming at the TV. Do not fucking kick this ball like in the air. You got to squib the kick. If you kick it on the fucking ground, the clock starts. Best case scenario, it bounces off someone's leg. There's seven seconds left in the game. They have one play. Nope. And then what do they do? They follow it up by just dropping everyone back in coverage, just being like, "Hey, here's 25 yards." What? What? The Chiefs said two. The Chiefs said two timeouts. Like, you can't even really. Obviously, we're we're debating this in hindsight, but they have two timeouts. Don't even give them the opportunity to have two plays. Like, wow. seems simple. Yeah. Like, okay, you maybe you get burned on one big play. They the Chiefs are the most explosive offense you know in NFL history right now. So that's the, the and I think they I think their thought processes was they didn't want to kick it deep to Tyree Kill. Fine, but. And he still burned you anyway. So yeah, it, it, it just just following it up, like n- not scrubbing the kick. Like you're going to run the clock down pretty far. You're going to give them one opportunity to get in field goal range, which they could very well do, but it's much harder. You follow that up by just giving them 25. That was just the most frustrating thing that I've ever seen. Like it's like, what are you doing? You're just you're, like Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen because I'm I listen to part of my take and Pat McAfee's show and shit like that. So he's always on those those shows as a guest. So I cheer for the guys like that. And just he did everything right and they still fucking lost. And like I just everyone was saying, like, nah, I don't bet against 
you know, I don't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I'm like, ah, fucking, I, I think and I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady because I'm a Steelers fan. I've seen that show many times. <laughs> but the the Chiefs, I was like, nah, the Chiefs aren't even that good. Their defense fucking stinks. Well, they're apparently pretty good. That Pat Mahomes yeah. guy, pretty good. They're, host, they're hosting their fourth straight AFC championship game. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've gotten to the point, though, in life where, like, I used to just enjoy watching the Chiefs win because it was anyone other than the Patriots, and I've just been so accustomed to that my whole life. Now it's to the point where I can't fucking stand watching the Chiefs have success because of Patrick Mahomes' wife and brother. I was just about to say that. I Patrick, to me, obviously I don't know him or anything, but he seems like a really humble, low-key, hardworking dude. You know, people's player, you know, lunch pail guy, first one in, last one out. But his goddamn fucking fiance and brother make me want to hate the guy. You know, it's like, okay, I'm sure the fans didn't really care, but she's got a bottle of champagne spraying it out of the fucking suites onto all the fans in the stands. Like, I'll admit, if I was shit-faced in the crowd, I'd think that's fucking cool. But, like, you didn't catch any of those passes. You didn't throw any of those footballs. Like, I don't know. The... And she bothers me less than the than the brother does. He, like, yeah. you certainly ain't do. The only thing you did is your parents fucking nutted and made you after they made him. That's the only thing right you did in life. Like, <laughs> fucking chill out, man. Dude, the fact that I, I never, like, let it affect me or bother me. But then when he was dancing on Sean Taylor's, like, memorial thing, it's like, yeah, dude. That was bad. And, like, in the fact that you now see, like, videos of people, like, people videoing the video being taken. And he's, like, doing his TikTok moves where he's, like, and then, like, he goes back and, like, watches the cut, and he's like, we got to do another one. But what'd you do wrong? <laughs> what'd you do right? I don't understand. All he's doing is, like, flailing around, and just because he's Patrick Mahomes' brother, he's, like, he, it's, I can dance better than that, and I can't dance. I just don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just need a famous brother. But I guess we should probably move on because this is not a football show. Well, it, it's, I feel like it's been a great football show so far. Maybe that's something we yeah. can dabble in, but. Uh, no, this is a racing podcast. Uh, looking forward. I can't make it. Unfortunately, I've been several times before. Uh, you've been once, Bradley, I believe. Bobby's been for the last 47 years, I think. But Atlantic City is this weekend. Uh, it's one of the coolest shows that I've been able to go to in the past. Uh, the whole vibe, there's the casinos and just everybody's under one roof, basically. It's for you know one of the first times of the year. So it's always a cool vibe. And um, I'm bummed I get to miss it. Yeah, well, I've been, uh, I raced in 2010. I raced again in 2012. I haven't missed one since. Um, last year, obviously, it didn't happen because of COVID. So it's been two years since we went down there. I know the last time we went was Brad's first time. I remember your first time, Charlie, Russ, everybody. Like, I tell people how cool it is. And, okay, on the surface, it's like, all right. Because it's like, we don't have that around here. We don't have TQ Midget Racing. We don't have indoor racing. It's never been like, a, you could never get pay-per-views of it on the internet until just recently this year. Um, so it, the common like reaction was like, Oh, we're going to Atlantic city. It's like, eh, okay, whatever. And then everybody goes like, Holy fuck, that was cool. And, and like you said, you know, you got the casinos, you got, you know, the atmosphere and it's a, it's a show. They tell you like, I, they, everybody, you know, told me what was coming. I raced a champ car down there. So I go to the driver's meet my first time, just a naive 17 year old kid from Maine. I sit down and the promoter of the, of the, uh, race, Davey Sammons, he says, all right, guys, uh, look around stadium full of seats here. My number one mission is to sell these seats and everything else that happens is second, third, fourth in command. He says restarts. As long as the first four rows look good. Don't really give a shit about the rest. As long as all the races happen in a timely manner, don't give a shit who wins. Like we're here to put on a show. It's 
damn near the closest thing to WWE race cards that I've ever been a part of. And boy, do they fucking hate the champ cards. They just bitched and bitched and bitched on the race teamers. Though. Every time I did it, it's like the, the slingshots and the champ cards are just a sideshow. You know, the main objective is the TQs. You know, the TQs put on a phenomenal show. It is uh, incredibly too loud battle bots racing around a hockey rink. It is full contact. Um, you leave your feelings at home because it is a rough, probably the roughest form of racing I've ever been a part of. You just, you get to a guy, you just punt him the fuck out of the way and we move on and just hope he doesn't get you back. Well, for, for as rough as it is too, I hope people don't equate that with inexpensive either because those things are fucking beautiful race cars. Those TQ midgets, they are handcrafted, fucking just gorgeous pieces of artwork most of the time. And, you know, you've got high caliber drivers too. I mean, you've got Skip Flores out there who, you know, he changes tires on the NAS, you know, in NASCAR weekends, you know, for a day job. You know, you've got guys like uh, Andy Jankowiak going out there and laying laps down, winning, you know, all too often, it seems like. And, um, you know, it, there's a lot of talent out there too. And it's, it's the opportunity for a lot of these guys who, maybe do work in NASCAR or whatever that have the full-time racing jobs that don't necessarily get to race all that often. This is their time to shine. And, um, you know, I, th- I remember, I think it was the first time I went down is when, uh, Flores won and you're like, Oh shit. Like there's a, there's a lot of hidden talent in, in the people that just work in, in the industry too. So, um, it's always, a, it's, it's just a wild environment. And it's like you said, it's a show. They, they're there to sell tickets and they do it and they do a damn good job doing it. And, Anybody who's never been before, I highly, highly recommend it. I know, you know, first timers is, I think Adam Jocelyn's going to go down this year. So that'll be cool to see uh, his reaction on it. And, you know, it, being in your position, Bobby, I think it would be cool to be able to bring new people and, and see, you know, their reaction the first time out. Yeah. I mean, for me, I love it. I, you know, I would go to all the indoor races if, if it was feasible. I am going to go to Syracuse, which is the third and final race. But uh, lucky I get to help Matt Janish again. He's, um, I've said it before. He's wicked fucking smart and he's meticulous and he's methodical in his race strategy. And every time I go help him, it's like, we have a shot to win this thing. Um, so look, definitely looking forward to that again. Uh, be the first race for me this year. Um, looking forward to just going again. You know, it's been two years since we went and I think it's going to be a good time for sure. Um, yeah. Mitchy bags. I think, I don't know if he's ever been before he's coming with us. You know, Adam's going whole gaggle of us. Um, Rusty Poland's uh, friends, crew members, my friends too. They're going to give me shit if I don't say that again. Megan and Nick Brown, uh, they're coming down with us. You know, my sister, her husband, you know, they're all going, they're friends. So it's going to be a time for sure. Um, I can't wait. And if you're listening to this, check it out. Like, come on down. It's, it's a great time. And, and uh, nothing I love more than race cars, drinking and gambling and uh, got all three of them. So, and, and also for those that don't know that the casinos, that there's no rules that, you can literally yeah. pour your drink in your room, walk about the casino with it. They, they don't give a fuck. They just want you there and, you know, just drunk enough to start buying drinks once you're down in the, the bar and, you know, spending your money and it doesn't matter. There's no rules and you walk right onto the boardwalk. You, you see the view. <laughs> Granted, it's cold, but you, you see the view and then you, you just walk a little bit and you go right into the boardwalk hall. And, you know, it's obviously a historic building to begin with. And then you, you go there and you see you get to see race cars going fucking all too fast on a little hockey rink. Yeah, I'm wicked excited. I uh, I obviously went to the racetrack this weekend. Went to Grove Tona for the uh, snow enduro. Was uh, a little worried when I woke up and it was minus nine. Um, that that was uh, I, I didn't necessarily want to go to the racetrack anymore. But um, <laughs> you know, as as the day goes on, the sun comes out and it uh, it heats up to a brisk four degrees. But um, I guess knowing 
the good thing about I've, I've been to all the Groveton, Snowden, Duros, I went to Oxford ones. And, and I think that just being there in the past, you never like And I think going to wall this year helped like a lot of the shit that I wore at the race this weekend was shit that I bought at wall just because like you, you, you got a legging is guy now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. The <laughs> leggings were on and the leggings stayed on, I think all day Sunday as well. But um, no, we like just, the, the, I've never been more cold in my life than I was at wall. And it was like 40 degrees. Like there was no reason for us to be that cold. Uh, it wasn't even that bad this weekend. Like it was, uh, it was just cause we knew what we were coming into. So like hand warmers were a thing, foot warmers were a thing, leggings, gloves, you know, like I had two sweatshirts on and a jacket and a beanie and, and uh, kudos to the racetrack because not only did they put on a phenomenal enduro race that they had the track set up perfectly. Uh, I noticed that they put some snow banks and shit down along the bottom of the track, uh, which they hadn't had in the past. And people kind of just cut through the corners and shit like that. But um, they, uh, they were also selling in the beer barn, not only ice cold, ass cold beer, but uh, they were selling, uh, they were selling uh, like spiked hot chocolate that had Bailey's and uh, chocolate vodka in it, which I didn't even know was a thing. Phenomenal. Oh yeah, very good, very warm. kept you kept you tingly. They also had uh, Jim Beam apple in, in hot apple cider as well. If you wanted that, so um, I wonder if they heard us talk about that after Wall. Yeah, they, they very well might have, but it was fucking delicious. Um, and the racing that they put on was pretty good. They they uh, they started a, a good amount of cars. I think it was a little bit less than maybe in years past i could be very wrong in saying that it's just when it gets so cold your brain doesn't really work and sometimes you don't you got to tune out because there was some fucking monte carlo deal that was definitely illegal i think he got flagged (laughs) about every lap from lap 70 on but uh he was coming around completely drifting the corners and just spraying everyone with snow so you couldn't even really watch the races for like a good chunk of the laps that were going on um because you couldn't fucking see anything uh, other than that, though, the, I think the friends of the program did uh, did a pretty good job. Justin and uh, Taylor, I think they finished they, they they finished the race, but they were stuck in turns one and two for a little while on the bottom there. He, he had a Toyota Yaris that was painted like a little tyke's cozy coupe. I fucking loved that. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking hilarious, and he's pretty he's pretty good at them races there. And uh, they, if they weren't stuck, they would have been right up there. They probably they probably would have been in the top three, but um, no, they finished the race and. Uh, Jake Matheson had a hell of a run going. Uh, he uh, he was up in the top five there. They they went and around around and announced the top five. Uh, I think the guy that won was Scott Corey or something like that. But Cody Hodge, I think oh, yeah. his buddy there. Uh, I think he raced up there weekly. He he uh, was putting on quite the show. Him and that Scott Feller. Uh, could be very wrong if his name's not Scott, but uh, no, <laughs> I think so, it is. I think you're right. Yeah, they. Uh, so they were they're all putting on a good show and they got they got back and they're like oh like the 50 the two i don't even know, know what number jake was five, like 5, 552 or some shit yeah, it was either 522 or 552 it was a pink volvo yeah he was buzzing around there and uh, i thought that he was out of the race but i saw him buzz by one time when i could actually see he was up pretty high in the corner and i'm like oh no shit jake's out there well he comes right around the next time out and there's there's upwards of like 15 laps left like i don't know what this car was doing but the, there was a car that was out of the pits and I didn't realize how banked Grove Tona was until I stood in the beer barn looking down. And I was like, holy fuck. Well, it turned into like a glare sheet of ice at the end of the race. And this car comes out of the pits, just completely spins sideways and just fucking just clobbers Jake. Like this thing, like there was no, there was nowhere for Jake to go. He was never going to be able to turn out of it. Just got completely taken out. And uh, he was at, he had a pretty solid run going. So that sucked to see, but um, you know, yeah, other than that, I mean, like it was uh it was cold, but I wasn't even cold until like about 20, like probably 20 minutes 
before we left was like i think it was right after the races stopped we started like wandering around and socializing and shit and then i started getting fucking pretty frigid but uh no for it being five degrees it was a nice sunny day luckily there's no wind i think the wind is uh the wind is that's a real- why it was so cold at wall was the wind yeah yeah that that was uh that was a saving grace at least but yeah, no, there was uh, it was it was nice to get back to a racetrack, and it might have been some bang them up cars, but it definitely got me excited for Atlantic City this week. And uh, yeah, now I'm just really counting down the the minutes, the hours until Thursday night when uh, when I get out of work and we get the buzz down there. I'll be uh, I'll be at work all weekend, so have fun for me, please. Which is what I I assume you did this past weekend. Correct. Yeah, I am in the middle of my like eleven days in a row or some shit like that. So did we? Did we mop up all the water off the floor? Did we get that situation straightened out? Yeah, it it left a mess, honestly. But uh, <laughs> that's uh that's all taken care of, thank God. Um, but yeah, no, I'll be I'll be slaving away, chained to my desk at work, and uh, you guys will be boozing it up in Atlantic City. So have a couple for me. And uh, that being said. Uh, we have another Zoom interview here for you guys here in episode 151. Uh, on the other side of this here in a little bit, you're going to hear from Jeff Champagne, who is not only uh, the guy who went viral on Twitter for the Chili Bowl in his interview of stepping on his own nuts, as Bobby alluded to earlier, but he also got called on his shit by Nick Hoffman for wearing his fire suit in the grandstands. So uh, maybe a little bit of foreshadowing there into next week as well, too. But uh, I think it was a decent one. For sure. I think I know more about Jeff Champagne now than I did before. And uh, yeah, so 151, 51. Every teenager. That- everyone. everyone. <laughs> uh, Kyle. There is actually, there was a 151 modified. Uh, it was like an SK light that ran at Waterford and Stafford. Bert Olette drove it. Um, it was a 151 because I guess somebody named Chick Stockwell ran a modified in like the 60s at Stafford that was number 151. I know in know way too much about that to, for no reason but uh, at least it's better than everybody including myself who ran 51 because of the rowdy bush um days of thunder takeover well, i was gonna say it all started with rowdy bush and then kyle bush uh, or yeah rowdy bush rowdy burns and then kyle bush adopted that because everybody called him rowdy and now literally every teenager ever that gets in a race car is number 51 so um there's too many to list i think uh, one one thing before we get into the interview with Jeff, uh, big shout out to the the racing guys for helping us get to the racetrack this weekend. Want to give them one one last uh, you know shout out before we actually y- utilize their their help there to uh, get to Atlantic City. But uh, yeah, Jeff Jeff Champagne, I I felt bad because uh, this Zoom deal we uh, I don't necessarily understand it. Uh, we like we only use Zoom to to do these interviews and shit like that. But at first, when we first started doing Zoom calls, there was a time limit, and then there wasn't for like two years, a year and a half at least. And now there's a time limit back. So like before the interview started with Jeff, I was like, Hey man, so like, we're going to go at least 40 minutes. But if you see the timer, like the two minute warning, like Charlie's going to have to ask his last question. We're going to have to like get the show on the road, but we're, I felt like we were finally heating up with him and uh, the show had to come to an end, but that's just, uh, that's just us. We'll be able to get him back on. You know, he probably still has more stories to share. So we'll, uh, we'll have to get him back on for sure, but we'll just have to feel like this one. This one definitely went better. I, I hopefully don't sound like I'm recording from the bottom of the ocean again. I think we got that straightened out. Um, also, inherently, I knew nothing about Jeff. Really knew who he was, seen him around. Might have chatted with him a couple times. Didn't really know much about him, but uh, he's a good storyteller. He's one of us. He fits in. And uh, 
you get to i have to apologize to him i eat some crow you get that to look forward to nothing like uh i hate apologizing because i fucking hate being wrong but i uh so you got that to look forward to and uh yeah no it's a good little interview yeah for sure so uh, that being said, I think we are, are going to go get some beat-ups, and you guys can listen to Jeff Champagne. All right, so as we just introduced him, he is fresh off of a Chili Bowl weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He uh, not only got to do the laps on the uh, the cool little track that they have there every year, but also got roasted on Twitter. Uh, all sorts of cool things from this guy. I've done all sorts of things on, on multiple different kinds of race cars and multiple different kinds of racetracks. So without further ado, on the other side of the Zoom call is Jeff Champagne. What's up, man? What's going on, boys? How's it going? Oh, it's all right. So, uh, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, we've heard of you, obviously. You, you have some BFP merch. We've gotten to watch you at at certain places like Waterford and, and you know, on the Chili Bowl. <laughs> so, um, you know, where did this all start from, man? Like, who, who the fuck is Jeff Champagne? Honestly, I wonder the same thing sometimes, too. Uh, you know, this whole thing, uh, I, I guess just going back a little bit, just uh, I guess we'll just start at square one. Just beg my parents for a go-kart bank 2008. That's how it started. And here we are. You know, uh, this past Chili Bowl uh, didn't go how I thought it would. I thought we'd have it have a shot at making our preliminary, which we did. But like I said in my interview that took over the internet, I stepped on my nuts a little bit in that heat race. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about that for a second because I don't know that, you know, as many people before that interview knew who you were, but uh, you, you definitely popped off. Like, where did where did that all come from? Because that's some shit that we would say if, if we were given a live mic on a television. To be honest, and it might break some people's hearts, I didn't know I could be like that. <laughs> I didn't know I had that in me. Uh, I'm normally the very mellow guy who I get, I have, I do have a short temper, but I'm normally very mellow and I tend to know when the camera's on me, but that's the first time I've had a camera on me when I'm hot. And I just said what I said in my car owner, Mark Daly, he was pissed. He's like, you idiot. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you just said dick nuts and, <laughs> and like pussy and shit within like 30 seconds. I'm like, Oh geez. <laughs> Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like you know what i did he's like and you and you drove up into the guy pretty much i'm like yeah i guess i kind of did and <laughs> they're the one interviewing me so i'm like you know what i'm gonna take advantage of the situation i guess and then joe scanlon shared that shit on facebook and then it got like ten thousand views <laughs> dude how, at what point did it go from you were like oh shit i just fucked up to oh shit I'm blowing up on social media. <laughs> like a pretty quick turnaround because like NASCAR chasm and everything had you on there. I like, have like a rule where I don't check on my qualifying night. Cause when, so like I, I made an arrangement with my job to where I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, part of Thursday, Thursday, half day. I would, I would, you know, focus on how the track's changing, see what's going on. That way I could see other, you know, have some knowledge going into Friday. And uh, Friday, I don't look at my phone. That's my rule. I don't look at my phone. But somebody said, yo, some, like just some random passerby was like, yo, look at this. I'm like, geez. And then I go and check my phone. It's like, excuse me, it's like 50 plus followers on Twitter, like five <laughs> people adding me on Snapchat, 100 Facebook requests. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I see what's going on. And it, wild, literally trending on Twitter. Uh, we broke, we, you know, if we couldn't be in the show, we were going to be the show. And I think we were the show that night. We were the only ones to attempt to fight legally. <laughs> all week. 
Yeah, what, what a wild rule that you know they they straight up say like if you're gonna do it, just do it on the racetrack in front of the fans. And, and NHL not. rules. They came out and said that it's gonna be NHL rules. They they will let you fight on the track until there's someone is disadvantaged, either on the ground or outnumbered. So as long as you're both standing up, you you know fight. That's a that's a true promoter there for sure, man. Um, but you're you're also leaving out the fact that you you blew up on Twitter not once. But twice yeah. over the weekend. Um, so let, let's talk about the second one here because you know the pretty pretty prolific dirt racer in the country, and Nick Hoffman uh, snipes a picture of you in the stands with the top of clouds. I will say, unashamed, with a dude holding a sex doll wrapped around his neck. Um, for those who don't know about the Tilly Bowl, the top row rounds are a rowdy group of fans. That there is drinking involved. There is a lot of marshmallow throwing dildo throwing and inflatable penis throwing. Um, there was a five foot long dick that made its way from one end of the grandstand all the way to the other. I look up who has it next. Kyle Larson. He throws it down at some dude. <laughs> that dude's like, stop throwing it at me. So what do they do? More inflatable dicks are flying down at this guy and marshmallows are flying down at this guy. It was awesome. Awesome. So that's literally what the top row rounds are, but yes, uh, I got out of my car bummed out because, you know, in the, I guess recap heat race didn't go how we thought it would. We end up in a C main and from the C main, we start 16th in the B and finish eighth. They only took four. I'm out of the show. I, I didn't make the A. And so now I'm in my fire suit. The A is rolling off. I have two choices. I can either take my fire suit off and miss part of the feature, or I can let my fire suit on, go see the feature. And then after the feature, leave it on and be able to cut the bathroom line because Bobby, I, you weren't here when I said this, but you have unlimited bathroom line cutting abilities when you have a fire suit on at the expo center. So that they'll be, think about it. You have like 10,000 fans there. And then there's a caution. Everybody runs to the bathrooms, but if you got a fire suit on, you just stroll right on it. Like you never even saw the line. So that's what I did. And it did come back to bite me. Nick Hoffman, caught me slacking with the uh the dude with the sex dolls part of the back row posers and uh the dude next to me literally said yo that's you on twitter and i go who is and he goes nick hoffman i just turned around went up to nick hoffman like that and he's like well i'll be the first one to issue you an apology because i for sure i'm the guy that clowns on people who wear their fire suits too that long. was you last week in the episode oh yeah 100 we I got a like, good god damn like <laughs> I even quote tweeted it. I even quote tweeted it. I was like, oh, Jeff, no, man, come on. But I'll apologize because the bathroom cutting, I'd wear my fucking fire suit all week. I, if we were racing on Wednesday, I'd be wearing it on Thursday and Tuesday and Monday because I ain't fucking standing in line for the pissers. So I'll give you credit for that one. I didn't um, race till Friday. And there was one time Wednesday night I was at the track. I threw that. I'm no shame. Threw that thing on, cut the bathroom line, took a nice fat heater. Do not blame you 100%. I would, I'm a, I would do the same thing. So I apologize for clowning on you. Thing you is got me. Tricky not to let your fire suit touch the ground there. And I'm pretty sure COVID and AIDS have originated at those bathrooms. <laughs> they are the most disgusting, decrepit things in in Oklahoma. And that's so, Oklahoma is pretty gross. So, so <laughs> other than the nasty shitters, I mean, I mean, this is all this is an indoor facility. For for those that don't know, the Chili Bowl. It's 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 entirely indoors, and the Expo Center apparently is like one of the nation's largest. So so tell us about that experience, man. Because there's a zillion race cars there. 
there's 10,000 plus fans, let alone drivers, crews, all that stuff in the pit area. So, you know, tell us about that experience. Like, what is that like walking in there? I think that that's something that the three of us have never done. So, you know, if, if that's something we want to do in the future, what do we have to look forward to? Is literally, I, I started my Chili Bowl tenure as a crew guy, just asked by Kenny Johnson Motorsports, do you want to come out and crew? And I'm like, sure. Now, the, the size of the building wasn't as big as I thought it was, but the way they packed those trailers in, in the amount of people in there, and then you walk to the other end of the building and you see this glorious Oklahoma clay six mile racetrack just sitting there. You're like this, this is, and then it starts to sink in. You're like, Oh my God, this is the Mecca. Like this is take away the Indy 500. It's what it is because it's the Indy 500. It's, you know, the biggest race in the world, but the chili bowl, I believe is the best racing in the world. I mean, you got five nights in a row, six nights in a row of racing now um, with the best names in motorsports. And they're all right there at your fingertips. You don't need a garage pass. You just buy a pit pass and they serve beer in the pits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that 100%. In the pits. So you got that. You got, I mean, just a vibe of, you know, it, the, the best part going for it is that it's not a points race. So everybody is there to race. And then the nights they're not racing. It's just a party. It is literally the most electric atmosphere you can have combined with the announcers and the way they run shows out there. I, I don't, it's hard to explain the words unless you go there. It's just such an amazing time. I, I've never seen anyone unhappy that they went to Chili Bowl. Yeah, I can't imagine that that's uh, something that would really piss anybody off to just have to be there. But um, I mean, leading up to this though, I mean, you, you briefly touched on it before you, you begged your parents for a go-kart at eight years old, right? So where, where does that originate from? Why, why, like what, what made you want to get involved in motorsports to begin with? Uh, my dad always watched Formula One big Michael Schumacher fan, big Mark Martin fan, and a big road racing fan. And so we, every, from like the time I was one, there's pictures of me just glued to the TV with my dad watching races. And he never raced, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, he never raced and just always watched the races, just everything racing. Like it would be like the Rolex 24. I'd have the printouts, just looking at the driver stats, doing all the nerdy stuff we all did as a kid watching the races. And I was just begged and begged and begged because I grew up from Whip City Speedway is five minutes from my house or was, you know, I live in Westfield. So um, it, it was a no brainer to start racing there. And then we did that. And I'd say probably the next from the time I started racing to the next big milestone was probably uh, racing midgets at Bear Ridge in 2012. That's where kind of things started. The, the, the ball started to roll. We Grew up racing Whip City, Stafford on the Monday nights, racing against all the guys you see on Friday nights there now, Williams, Christopher, Ferns, um, all those guys. And then the ball started to roll kind of when I got in touch with Frank Manafort in uh, at Bear Ridge. One of his drivers in 2013, I was like 16 at the time, couldn't make it to the track. on two. It was Canaan, Canaan Fair Speedway on the dirt. His guy couldn't make it, and he called Ray Miller – who called my dad, who called me at summer camp and came to pick me up early to that I the, that I needed to come and drive that guy's car because he, his driver couldn't make it. So we started like 13th and finished fifth that night. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling that like, holy crap, a guy called me to drive. You know, I'm not driving my dad's car. I'm driving for someone else for the first time. It was like 2013. And, you know, 
maybe this is something that we can like, there's a dream we can chase here. I mean, not that I never thought that, but before it was always like, wow, you know, I'm racing go-karts like NASCAR. So cool. Now it's like, wow, I can try to make something out of this midget racing thing. So is that, is that the goal moving forward? Is that you want to stay in midgets or are you just, are you down to grab anything? I, I mean, I'm down to drive anything. You guys saw that. Like I guarantee granted it was a midget, but it was a pavement wing midget at Waterford when, when I first met you guys at, uh, in October, like currently, like last year I raced, what did I race? I raced a, a Porsche at Watkins Glen, a go-kart at Poughkeepsie, uh, Chili Bowl, Tulsa Shootout, you know, micro sprints, midgets, uh, champ Kart at Stafford. I mean, I race anything and everything, I, but I say my true passion is, you know, midgets and, and sprint cars. Although I've never raced a sprint car, I'm dying to race one. Um, I, I'd like to get into that, maybe like 350 Supers or something. I mean, you know, shout out to Bobby with the 350 Supers. I might, I might know a guy that could let you try one out sometime. Um, before, before this interview, we knew you were coming on. I think we're Facebook friends, but we weren't Twitter or Instagram friends. So I for sure creeped on all your social media while I was at the gym today. Talk about <laughs> the road racing like car from like 10 years ago. It was weird, dude. Did I? I didn't mean to. No, didn't uh, mean, talk about the, the road racing car. There was it the Endurance Series or whatever I saw. It was a blue and orange yeah, car. So, talk about that deal. So it's like lemons where it's a joke but this is like is this is like a little more serious of cars but serious road racing it's like a four it's like rolex racing but affordable and uh it's literally just kind of beater cars that have a performance bracket that they can fit in and you race against those guys in like a 12 hour 24 hour race and we run annually watkins Glen, virginia international raceway and thompson the 12 hour and uh i mean it's just some of the most that i love road racing almost as much as i love dirt racing because it the car if you have a, just a good car it's the setup's 50 50 it's all driver like there's no stagger there's no you know air pressure adjustments there's no none, none of the little finite stuff like oh what roll bar are we going to run to help get the left front to you know to drop in, in mid center like it's just get the car to the track and drive it and it's just the most pure form of racing. I, th- I that's what I just love. That's why I tell summer. everybody. I tell everybody. I only got to road race once at Loudon in a legend car. But I tell everybody that races circle track to try road racing if you can, even if it's just once in the opportunity. Because road racing is a blast. I agree. And it, it right. just, I mean, it just adds to your talent. I mean, turning. Believe it or not, I mean, I feel like understanding braking zones and hitting your apex and and heel toe. It only makes you better at anything you do. Visualizing the corner a lot better as you go through. I think we're getting a little bit too technical here. <laughs> so did you do no like dirt racing last year, except for the chili bowl? Well, I guess the chili bowls this year, but like last year you raced the chili bowl as well. Didn't you? <laughs> that was the predicament like 2020. I start. So this whole, this whole kind of like weird run that brought me here, like skip forwards in the beginning of my career. Like I, um, probably get a little boring but like 2020 like 2019 i ran against kenny johnson and his dad jeff was like i want you to run chili bowl you know you're to quote him he's like you've become better than what you were blah 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 blah. and he said i want you at chili bowl so we ran chili bowl together in 2020 and that got another ball rolling covid hit i i ran with johnson after covid hit we ran at rumtown speedway we won there in his car, in the national car. And then I took my car up, won three more times. And then I took my dirt car to Waterford, won a pavement race there. And that got this ball rolling to where car owners were calling my phone. And then 
uh, I hate to admit this, I wrecked one of those guys' cars, so the calls st- kind of stopped coming uh, for a little bit. So then that brought us to 2021 Chili Bowl, where I, I, I just had this ball of energy going. It was like, where am I next? You know, we were racing a speedster in Delaware, uh, the Tobias speedster. Then I was racing one in New Jersey at Bridgeport. Uh, then I was racing a TQ at Waterford. I will say that was probably insane. Would I do it again? Probably. But uh, that was probably one of those that I look back and like, I don't really need to do that. Those cars don't really need to be there. But that that got us to 2021 Chili Bowl where I drove for Sam Johnson. And then my next race was for Mark Daly in March at uh, indoors at DeCoin. My next dirt race in a midget was last week. So it was one year pretty much between Chili Bowls that I ran dirt midget races, which is not an ideal situation by any means. So, so looking ahead, what, what is, what are some of the things that you have in store and what are you trying to put together for, for the year coming up here? For the year coming up? Uh, that is a good question. I wish I knew, uh, you know, to call any card or listening to this, show me what you got. <laughs> I, <Another> time. <laughs> I, I mean, I've just been, uh, just been trying to piece things together, honestly. Like I, I want to get into some sprint car stuff, like whether that's Pennsylvania or even if someone has a, a good scone car or ESS. Um, you know, I, I want to keep in the midget thing. So unfortunately, Pennsylvania Midget Week with USAC, they're not coming back to Pennsylvania this year. But obviously I, I look I look at some schedules, try to see who I can hop into, where there's an open ride. Um, but like confirmed right now, I got a go-kart ride and a couple indoor shows coming up. Uh, in New York. And then we got some outdoor stuff with that. And then the team with the Porsche, they're building a BMW. So we're going to run the 24 hours of VIR and then the 12 hours of Thompson. We got that. But other than that, like my schedule's honestly pretty empty. Like it, it's usually with me, like I'll just be chilling on a Thursday and I'll look and see someone's like, oh, hey, I need a driver this week. Or like, I got an open car. Who wants to fill it? Like buy some tires. I'm like, I'm in. It's what usually last minute stuff with me. Not not ideal. What but a, what a wild that, that's just huh? a wild, that's a wild concept to me. You know, like I I feel like you're kind of on your own in that sense where like most people obviously race weekly and they kind of get into the routine of just doing it every single week. And um, you know, for you just sitting around and just waiting for the phone to call or waiting for like a social post to someone needing a driver, that's that's just uh it's different. But, you know, hopefully you'll get some calls after your performance at the Chili Bowl this year, at least on I, social media. Because uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, 2021 Chili Bowl went about the same as this year. We won the F main and then finished 10th in the E. But, like, our potential and speed we showed this year was much better than what we showed in 2021. This year, like, if I didn't, I guess might as well use it again. If I didn't step on my nuts in that heat race. So, to those who don't – got I. So I, I, I really want to explain this to you guys. So like the way this whole chili bowl thing works, like you got your prelim night and you got 80 guys on your, let's, let's say Friday night, my night, you got 80 guys. So that they take, you have your heat races based off passing points and it's compounding. So if I start second and finish first, that's more points than if I start fourth and finish third. So like they take your top 40 in passing points out of those 80 guys into four, a qualifiers, 10 cars each. Top 16 out of combined passing points from qualifiers and heats are locked into the show that night. If you didn't make a qualifier, you're in a C and a D main for your prelim. If you don't make the A from your qualifier, you fill out a B and then they take four from each B main. <laughs> I can see you're like, dude. 
I was just going to say, I had to cheat my way through statistics and quantitative methods through college. So I have no idea what you're Trust saying. Me, for me, when I first saw it, I'm like, this is all bullshit. It doesn't matter. But then you understand it and you're like, man, this could really, I can make my draw better. When in reality, you have no control over that by understanding it. But so basically, you just have to know the, the formula. And then from there, as you're behind the wheel, you can kind of pay more attention to what you need to do to say you're like, start like me starting ninth in a heat. If you can like pass the guys that you need to pass and get to like fifth, you'd be like, all right, like, do I need to throw this slider to get fourth place? Probably not because I don't need to lose all these passing points. Cause if like me, I went ninth to seventh, but I was passing for fifth when I missed the bottom and let two guys buy. So like ninth to seventh put me fourth in a C main on my prelim night. Whereas ninth to sixth would have gotten me in an A qualifier opportunity to make my A if I pass more cars. So like me missing the bottom on that one lap put me in an, put put me that far back on my night. I don't want to say ruin my week, but it set me that much further back. Just that one spot. I mean, I guess when you put it like that, it kind of does ruin your week because we were already <laughs> talking about how many cars show up to that event and how many actually make the A main, like the, the A main on fucking Saturday. And it's just like the, the percentage of you actually, is, yeah, incredibly low, like lower than any other race. That at least I, I go into this knowing that the odds of me finishing top two on a prelim night, I, I'm very optimistic and I believe in myself and my team, but I'm also realistic. Like you, you got to think. Uh, like if I, if I can start in front of Christopher Bell, you're lined up there. You're thinking I can hold him off. Yeah. But if he's starting ahead of you, okay. Can we really get him? I mean, he's easy to beat. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, if, if he beats himself, I mean, go for it. It's all game, but um, you know, you gotta be realistic at the same time and take what you can get. Like my teammate, Carson Quapple, he uh, had to make it through a B main and then finished 13th in his prelim night. A that put him in a C main on Saturday. Like if you can be dressed for opening ceremonies and then be in a C, a CB or a main on Saturday, boom, like nice. Good job. You beat 350 guys. Well, I mean, realistically though, you, you do the just quick <coughs> math. There's what 300 and something, 400 something cars. 395 guys there this week. Oh yeah. 400 race cars there of which the top two from every uh, prelim night, which there's what? Five yeah. nights. Yep. 10 cars. So 10 cars out of 400 are going to get locked in on the first five nights. Like that's that, I mean, the odds are astronomical to begin with, even if you are damn good at what you do. So you have a um, 6% chance of making it. Yeah. 6%. And that's if like, mm -hmm. that's also not even equating the fact of like good cars, bad cars, weapons, you know, highly talented people. And that's the thing. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys watched 2021, but there was a guy in my heat, Anthony Esberg. He got hired on the premise. He met a guy at a bar. They said, do you know what dirt racing is? He goes, never heard of it. Do you know who Kyle Larson is? Never heard of him. Do you know what the Chili Bull is? Never heard of it. And they said, we're going to hire you. He went out there, took out Ricky Stenhouse, took out Justin Allgaier, and then he didn't have a Hans. He had one of those old style, like Doug Wolfgang, like the, the big pads. You remember those, like the Bush North guys wore them. Um, and he like, I, I was watching. He wrecked and his head went like that. And then he was out cold. But he made an A qualifier, woke up, went back up for the A qualifier. But keep in mind, he wrecked it again. So you got like a guy who can wreck enough people without knowing what he's doing and make a qualifier. So like that's multiple, that's multiple points in one, probably a little more than I need to, needed to explain. But like that's just a, one example of the squirrels. You got them, you got 
I mean, there's, there was a guy who was 77 years old right there. So you got guys like him who probably don't even know where they are. And then you got 13 year olds there this year. Granted, Ryan Timms is insanely talented. Brett Cruz is insanely talented, but you got all the, a couple other 13 year olds that you're like, this kid's 13. I didn't even start racing midgets till I was 15. And those were production motor cars, not full national midgets. That, that is that is interesting the way that you kind of look at that though because not only do you have all those squirrels like you're talking about too but you also have the kyle larsons you've got the christopher bells you've got i mean there was what three or three you know nascar cup champions at the racetrack all week to begin with like that's just yeah. that's kind of wild anyway so i mean you have quite a range of talent and i i'm sure equipment there as well too so talented drivers there's talented women walk into the pit area i gotta throw that out there i mean my girlfriend's gonna be pissed at me because she's listening to this i guarantee it but like i mean the pit lizards are half the fun at the chili bowl i'm not even gonna lie i'm not even gonna bullshit you guys like that's half the fun there like you're looking around i we pulled a joke one year and the the strippers from the lipstick cabaret they have a thing called i did not know this legs and eggs so they serve breakfast at a strip club no, thanks. Well, I'm going to the Chili Bowl next year. My family's <laughs> going on. Well, no, before you before you said that, my my um, my family and I were, were were planning on a, a family vacation. They all want to go to the Chili Bowl. Fuck it, sounds good to me. Based off what I've learned from this interview with you, Jeff, I'm bringing my fire suit for two reasons: one, to pe- to cut the bathroom line, and two, to get laid. Other than that, I don't plan on driving any race cars. But if you see me walking around in my fire suit, mind your own fucking business. Exactly. Exactly. I'm super, I'm super glad. Like- I'm super glad I kept my fire suit. <laughs> Absolutely buried, but I'm going to be also wandering around with a fire suit on. I forgot where we were when I when I went on this tangent of the uh, prelim night order, but like, I don't even know where we were. But that's the uh, part of the show. That, that's uh, what, what was I just saying? Oh, the the strippers come around with discount cards for free entry, and it's like a half off the, your first lap dance. I mean, it's like holy shit, and. We, they came around one year and we told them I was gay just just to see what they would say. And they go, hey, honey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm gay. And she goes, don't worry. I'll still sit on your lap half off. I'm like, God damn, she is desperate. <laughs> I'm like, I can't I can imagine that this is the one week that they make money. It I mean, you got a lot of lonely guys there, a lot of single single dudes who are old, who've been racing midgets their whole lives. Lost their woman because of it. So now here they are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm not making the chili bowl look too good, but man, it's a blast. It sounds I, fucking I, awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, it is a dude's best. It is a, it is like a wet dream being a chili bowl. Couple lonely dudes. We're gonna fit right in. I can't. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that is right up my alley. Lost their girl because of their race car. Yep. Uh huh. You're speaking my language. I man. mean, as long as if Mark Mark Daly, if you're listening to this, as long as if you end up firing me, which I hope you don't. I'll put another car together. You guys can be my crew. We'll go out there and we'll have legs and eggs. But we got to hope Mark doesn't fire me first. I mean, you know. I feel like Bobby could make us a couple midgets real quick. Like, we just got to get the million dollars for the couple motors. That's it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the motors are what? I mean, 60 each. Yeah, give or take. I feel like I feel like the car is the easy part. <laughs> Honestly, no, I built like, three or four of them. Yeah, dude, I, built my, I built that car myself. I mean, Mark Daly did the plumbing and the wrap, but the rest of it, like I made it a roller, did all that stuff by myself. And side note, if you told me I could spend $400 and make the D main from the E, 
or from the F? I'd say, sure. But if you said to me in August, $400, buy new spindles, I'd say, I don't need spindles. And then my left front beats me down the backstretch. <laughs> I'm like, I should have bought those new spindles. I believe that's called uh, karma. Pretty much. I had those spindles for, I'm not going to say how many years, but I had them for a couple of years. I'm like, that's only like 30 laps of chili, but it'll survive. And then I'm beating the shit out of the bottom all week, just catfishing and coming out of two in the E-Main, just across my nose goes my left front. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I remember. So for me, I remember one of the lamest things that's ever happened to me at a racetrack. I'm at Lee USA Speedway Oktoberfest. And, uh, you know, we have done it, it's a three day show. You do all the practices and all the horse shit. And you're there and you get up first thing, you know, qualifying day and you go out for your couple practices. I go out there. I start scrubbing the tires. Not even, haven't even taken the green yet. Thank God. When I'm coming <laughs> off of four, I scrub the tires and the left front spindle just breaks. Like the, the tire goes through the fender. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> because my car, it's got all the like fancy built spindles. Literally, I own the only set that fucking exists. And there was like one sister car to mine not close to the racetrack and I'm making phone calls and this, that, the other thing. I'm like, I didn't, I haven't even raced yet. It, it was fucking, that was the dumbest thing that's ever happened. Is the first race with that car? No, it, like I had had it for a long time, but it just, uh, one of those weird freak things that never happens. I go out and I just, I start scrubbing the tires and the pin broke on the left front spindle. Oh, random thought that came out of orbit. Bobby, you may remember me from when I was helping Nedishin at Oswego uh, Classic. Yeah, I was he the fucking one who- wrecked me. Yeah, well, you came over to Mike and you said, Mike, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because Mike, I literally, Mike's going to listen to this too. Mike literally had a line of people ready to beat his ass. And I'm like, all right, sure guys, one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> Dude, I remember he came out of two, uh, four. Uh, did you, were you guys at Oswego Classic? No, no. Uh, well, you, you were Bobby, but like, you remember what that race took, what, two hours, 40 minutes? Yeah, and I'm, I don't remember if I talked about it on here or not. It was an absolute clusterfuck, right from it rained, it, it this and that and whatever. So to, to make a short story long, uh, we were eight I was laps racing with, in and we had a, a, a fuel stop eight laps in. For yeah, fuel. yeah, we had three red flags. I did talk about it um, on this show previously. It was the same three dudes. We're in the we're in fucking four wrecks. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, like call it a fucking day. Like, I, I get it. You're nice dudes, but shit, man. And my car was a bag of smashed assholes. I didn't even want to race the thing. And my dad's like, we've been out here for four fucking days. You're not quitting on us now. So my main objective going into the race was just put this bitch back in the box the way we brought it. And I absolutely fucking killed everything from the motor forward on it because it was Mike's fault. It was 100% Mike's fault. He run right over my right front. We We were wheel to wheel at the flag stand. And we went into the one turn. There was dust from Speedy Dry. My Pfizer was fogged over from the speedy dry and the sun was setting. I couldn't see when he came back in division, my right front was on his fucking carburetor. I spun, hit the inside hub rail, got waylaid by four dudes. I look in my peripheral, Kyle Perry's flipping through the air. There's styrofoam everywhere. My car's fucking killed. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's how this weekend needed to end. I wasn't even mad. Don't even care. I've been friends with Mike forever. Fuck it. I'll get him back. Eventually. <laughs> certainly didn't want to go down there. Certainly didn't want to go down there. Was, like, and, kick his ass. and I didn't even care. I didn't even want to fight. Like, I was pissed, but it just, it was a reserved pissed, I guess. Well, 
They clean up the mess. They get the dead bodies off the racetrack. <laughs> fire back up, and he goes and does the same exact fucking thing to my team car, Ben Tinker, down in the three-turn, and Ben buries it in the styrofoam. And Ben wanted to fight. And Ben wanted to fight you, and he wanted to fight Mike's brother, and he wanted to fight Mike's dad, and he certainly wanted to fight Mike. And I want I just was going over there to just defuse the situation. And Mike sees me. He's as red as a snap-on box. Starts screaming all, at me like, dude, like, Mike's like, like Mike. his tall <laughs> compared to me. And I'm like on his back like, chill out, bro. I'm like patting his head, like it's all, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. I'm like Mike, we I don't, don't even do this, and he's like, we're doing this, and his dad's got like a hammer. I'm like, hey, we don't need to do this. I want to party tonight. I want to get drunk. We don't need to get kicked out before I get drunk. I get to Mike, and he's fucking screaming at me. I go, Mike, I'm not mad. Just I'm tired of listening to you. I'm tired of listening <laughs> to your dad. I'm tired of listening to everybody holler. Just shut the fuck up and leave Ben alone. Because if you and Ben get in a fight and he's outnumbered, I'm coming over here and I'm going to even the numbers up. So just fucking walk away. And the officials came over and another crew came over. And it was that was pretty much the end of it. But yeah, no, Oswego, that was it was so much fun. I'm not going back there this year. That was literally my first ever time to Oswego. And like the previous night, I was helping Mike out with the mid- this is how good of a friend I am. Mike's like, I want to run off Swigo in a midget. I go, pay for my fuel to bring uh, Randy Cabral's midget out so you can run it. And I hooked up his deal. So he rented that car from Randy. I brought it out. He paid almost my full fuel bill, not my full fuel bill. Got to throw some shade at Mike. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like Mike. He's a good guy. But um, I just had to throw that at him. Um, so we did that. And then that next day, I'm like, screw it. I'll stay over, help him out. And then there, you know, there I, his dad, dude, his dad was literally like at that 70 year old. What's his dad's name? Mike. Right. Uh, yeah, Tom. uh Tom's his brother. Tom. I think his dad is also Mike there with like a hammer ready to, you know, dead blow a guy in the head. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Mike did, uh, he drove like a madman in a bad way and a good way. He drove back through the pack with that. That car was, he beat his car up. I was like looking at it under the red. And I'm like, okay, wing, axle, rim, wing, wing, wing. <laughs> yeah, was it was, uh, wasn't my idea of fun. Probably wasn't his idea of fun either. But you uh, you drove a midget that weekend too, didn't you? Oh, I that's right. I did. I uh, so so Tim Bertrand, President Nima, came over to me and said, hey go fill Randy, go, go be a field filler in Randy Cabral's car. And I'm like, free laps on us. We go screw it. So I just hop in the car and uh, we literally just made like five or six. I actually, I did cause some drama. Um, I don't know if I should say this uh, because I'm going to edit it. Well, Uh, for whatever it's worth, we have like a minute left. (laughs) Are you serious? Oh man, we didn't, we didn't even get into the good stuff. Well, you know what? Well, I'll save that. I won't even say it. I won't even say it. I'm not getting fired. I'm not getting fired. See, that's perfect. So we have about a minute left, man. This has been awesome. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to know more about you now than they did before. But the last question I have for you, like I have for everybody else, what is it that brings Jeff Champagne to the racetrack every week? I just want to win, and I just want to be the best there is, no matter what it is I'm racing. I just, you know, a lot of people think I just do this to be in front of the camera, and it's a bonus. But like. I just want to win. I just want to do good and and make make a living out of going in circles. Well, I think that that's the answer for a lot of us. So, uh, no, it's been real, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. I'm sure it won't be the last time, but well, we're I, gonna have to do this again. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you again. All right, dude. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure.
Race car, race car, here we go, race car. 